Blog Talk Radio. It's February 12, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living radio show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we are joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. We certainly hope that everyone stayed safe the last couple of weeks and that everybody had the ability to watch the very best Super Bowl game of all time. Wow, what a game. Overtime and come back from 25-point deficit. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, We have some announcements. Um, First one, the Honeywell members represented by Local Union 9, South Bend, Indiana, and Local Union 1508 from Green Island, New York, remain locked out by the Honeywell Corporation. Team Working for a Living continues to support them. To learn more about their issue, there are some very nice articles, uh, one in the South Bend Tribune and another on abc57.com in today's uh, postings by both of them. So uh, Team Working for a Living does find it quite interesting, however, that the international UAW has not called for any rallies of support for these distressed members. Second announcement is uh, we want to uh, remember uh, that this is Black History Month, um, and it's just filled with rich history that many people will find very interesting. Jeff will have more on that later in the show. Third announcement, for those of you who may have missed it, the new legal services phone number is 800-482-7700. Announcement number four, as we continue to keep in mind Iron Workers Local Union 17 out of Cleveland, Ohio, who had their pensions cut by 50% beginning the 1st of February, um, we are however reminded that the UAW pensions are also at risk of a 50% cut. Regarding that possibility, we just pinned a post from from last May 11th to the top of our Working for a Living page. Uh, Anyone that's in the pension plan, please take a second and go over and review that information. It is regarding all three of the Detroit Three contracts. Uh, Announcement number five, Caterpillar has taken and passed a strike vote. We all remember the extended strike at Caterpillar during the 90s. We hope that the brothers and sisters there are successful in their efforts. Announcement number six, almost simultaneously to the strike vote, Caterpillar announced it will be moving its headquarters from Peoria, Illinois to Chicago, Illinois. Announcement number seven, Team Working for a Living has been asked to participate in an anti-poverty initiative, and we plan to do that. Um, um, the uh, Here we have another Honeywell-related issue. Uh, it appears that team, Teamsters Local 1145 have reached a mediated tentative agreement with Honeywell. It appears, if passed, that all their retirees will lose their health care. Number nine, on February February 11th, yesterday, uh, the 
Teamsters United Caucus, led by Fred Zuckerman, announced their intention to appeal the decision of election supervisor Richard Mark denying a rerun. Uh, later in the show, I will read that entire message. It's worth that, and we really support Fred Zuckerman and his and team, Teamsters United, in their efforts uh, as we have our own uh, caucus that opposes the administrative caucus now called the Ruther Caucus leading our own union and may have similar issues in the in the future so we'll we'll reread or read that entire message later in the show for now that suffice uh, item number 10 announcement number 10 uh, we are pleased to announce that the women's march on January 21st was a wonderful event but now may continue as they have huddle meetings across the country the web address for the huddle meetings is posted on Working for a Living, uh, and that's uh, on Facebook. Uh, announcement number 11. <laughs> this is a late entry here for those of you paying attention. Uh, over most of the country's objection, Betsy DeVos was confirmed to the Secretary of Education. Mrs. DeVos is the wife of uh, the DeVos uh, married into the DeVos family that owns Amway. She's the wife of the son that now runs it. And she has no education credentials whatsoever. Uh, having said that, that's the end of our announcements. We do have some email. Uh, first uh, email, we have three, I think it is. Uh, and the first one is... Uh, happy White Shirt Day to every UAW member and to Working for a Living Caucus. Thank you for all you do to educate us. This is Herb in Florida. Thank you, Herb. Uh, we, we hear from you every now and then, and we appreciate uh, those, those comments. And White Shirt Day, as you know, is special to all of us. Uh, email number two, I really enjoyed your show on education with Ellen. She was very informative. Thank you for all the information you have on your show. My friends and I truly find value in your show. Melissa from Michigan. And now, uh, email number three. Uh, we listen weekly and, and really enjoy your show. You have amazing information, and Leroy seems to have a wonderful understanding of our UAW. Well, thank you. Uh, we have a question for you. It has been reported that our union recently spent a lot of money in one month. It appears to be a three-part question. How is money approved to be spent? What is the difference be in between reporting lost time and wages? And three, aren't members allowed access to minutes and records? Well, I uh, really hadn't given this a lot of thought, but because I was recording secretary for three terms, I, and later I was cap coordinator for uh, Region 1C for a while. Uh, we'll take a stab at this one. Money approved uh, in a, in a uh, local union. First of all, there are bylaws that uh, indicate how many uh, full-time officers you may have. Typically, uh, and the bylaws vary. It could say just about anything, but typically bylaws would indicate if you had a uh, four full-time officers above 3,000 members and two above 
2,000 members and uh, one above 1,000 members and as needed below 1,000 members. Uh, so bylaws is one way that monies are approved to be spent. Of course, those wages would, you know, for those officers would then be expended through the bylaws uh, or approved through the bylaws. Uh, so the next one, uh, approval is, uh, and, and by the way, approval is always by the membership always by the membership. The bylaws have to be approved by the membership. The next way monies may be uh, uh, approved is the executive board may act in the executive board meeting on approval of uh, monies to be spent. Uh, and you got to pay attention in your union meeting because one of the first things that occurs is we approve the min minutes from the executive board. And you're approving anything they did, including expending any monies. So you got to pay attention to the to the minutes as they're uh, read out by the recording secretary from the executive board meeting. So that's another way. But they still get approved by the membership. If you noticed, you had to vote on the approval of the executive board minutes. And then the last way that I'm aware of is that from the floor of a general membership meeting, a motion be made for the expenditure of monies. And upon approval, that membership would then approve that amount of money to be expended. So those are the ways that money gets expended or approved for uh, 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 expenditures uh, in the local union. Now, uh, the next question is, what is the difference between reporting lost time and wages? Well, lost time. Landrum Griffin Act of 1959 says that union members may be entitled to monies that they have lost from their job. If they've been taken off the job and lost time uh, from their job, they, they can be paid that. That's considered to be lost time. Uh, so you would report, let's say somebody had a Tuesday off uh, for union business, you know, approved by the membership, and they are paid, and that shows up as lost time. Uh, the officers that are full-time officers, Monday through Friday, they put in a, a, uh, a voucher for payment, and they get paid their lost time wages from their job whatever the job might be, and they get their regular rate of pay. Lost time. That's what you're entitled to. All right. And then wages. Wages are typically thought to be for outside persons other than members of the union. This would be a custodian, a groundskeeper, Somebody that mows your grass, plows your snow on an hourly wage. Um, anybody that's a secretarial staff, uh, those would be considered to be wages. Now, there has been reported in the past where somebody scheduled to work five days in the plant, and 
those five days they worked in the plant, but they then had an event to go to on Saturday or Sunday. And then they thought they should be paid for it, and they put in a voucher to the local union to be paid for Saturday or Sunday, even though they weren't scheduled for that Saturday or Sunday at their job. So it wasn't lost time. If they are paid wages for that time that they were uh, off or that they worked, that they weren't necessarily off out of their regular job, that would be in violation of the Landrum Griffin Act of 1959 because wages to members are simply not paid. Only lost time can be recovered, and that's in the federal statute law, Landrum Griffin Act 1959. They actually define what lost time is in the uh, Department of Labor, uh, if it's even eligible to be paid. Okay, but you have to be have to have lost time. In other words, if you were working and you were out on union business from your job during time that you would have normally worked, even if it's an off, off you know, you could be working second shift and it's a uh, day shift operation that day and you did whatever during the day, you would still get your second shift wages. Or lost time, I'm sorry. Uh, I want to be clear on that. You get your second shift lost time. And then you go back to your regular uh, uh, job in the work facility after that. So lost time incurred by members only during the time they lost from their job. Wages paid to uh, hourly workers for work that the union authorized by the membership vote to pay a secretary, a, a custodian, or groundskeeper, or whatever else you might need that's approved by the membership. Wages for time other than lost time in the plant may not be paid. If they are that's in violation of Lander Griffin. I know I'm being redundant here a little bit, but that incurs pretty heavy penalty. Five years in prison, $15,000 fine, up to. So be aware that you just can't do what you want to do in a local union because you control the voucher system. <laughs> you just can't do that. Uh, so that should answer your question on lost time and wages. By the way, vouchers are uh, submitted to the financial secretary. The financial secretary signs them, hands them to the recording secretary, countersigns them. When that's done, check gets cut, Two signature checks required, usually the financial secretary and the president, sometimes the acting president, been bumped up because of whatever reason, absence of the president. Financial secretary, secretary may never function as president because that financial secretary can't sign both signatures. So that precludes the financial secretary from serving as president, and the order for that is president, vice president, recording secretary. That's the 
standard order if the president's uh, missing uh, for whatever reason out of the plant off uh, on a uh, convention or on sick leave or whatever administratively. Okay, your last question, aren't members allowed access to minutes and records? Well, it's real clear in the Constitution that you're allowed to get the minutes from the IEB meetings. That's very clear. I believe it's uh, also clear, uh, and I'd have to do some more uh, looking to verify that uh, fully, but I believe just because the international's records are required to be open, that that would then be implicit that all records be open to the members for viewing. You may not take a copy, but you may view them. Okay, that's my understanding, but we'd have to verify that one uh, for uh, just for your information. So uh, that's. I hope that answers your question. That's that's pretty heavy. You throw at me, you know, like last minute here. So um, we'll, uh, you know, just let you uh, see if that satisfies you. If you have any more uh, question on that regard, you know, please feel free to send in another email. We, we appreciate it. So, uh, thank you uh, very much for your question. Uh, that person requested to remain anonymous, but they were from, from Illinois, so that you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, before we get into the topics for, for, for labor in the news this week, we have a quote. We'll use uh, the same one from our last show because it seemed to be pretty good. An ounce of doing is worth a pound of talk. Okay. So having said all of that, let's see if we can find Jeff and Dave and bring them on here and uh, uh, have them say a few few words to all of us. And my goodness, we got you lost here. Here we are. Let's see. Let's bring on uh, Jeff. Jeff, you there? Yeah, hi, hi Roy. Yeah, hi, I Jeff. Wanna, um, I want to, the last email you got, where it says yeah. you, that you have a wonderful understanding of the UAW. You do have a good understanding, and that's what's going to make you a great UAW president. Um, we are going to win, and you're going to make a great president. Thank, thank you, brother. I, you know, I, that one kind of just, you know, uh, come in here last minute, and uh, there's some research that I'd uh, – uh, I, some of that I know off the top of my head, but there's some research that I, I just need to do on uh, access, uh, pretty much. And I and I know that that's in the Landrum Griffin Act, but I I uh, don't have that exact citation in front of me. Either. I'm just uh, I just know that that's there. So, but thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that. I mean, it comes from a lot of experience, as you know, Jeff. I mean, I held office mm-hmm. in. Uh, you know, for a long time, at one top four officers in in the local union, then went on to the international. Of course, as you know, and some of the members know, I was also uh, chair of a, uh, the county political party uh, here in this, the capital of our, our fine state. So I got to know all of the players uh, throughout the state, and that that's, that remains pretty helpful as we try to get things done. But thank you so very much for your compliment. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, I try to do that in a humble way, but 
uh, it's uh, it, it really does you know uh, uh, make me uh, humble as you say that because I I aspire to do the right thing for the membership all the time and and you in our discussions obviously uh, get that and thanks for saying it here openly in the show so let me bring on David real quick here hi David can you hear us tonight sure can. Hey, I'm pretty well. Tonight? Good. I'm doing pretty good. Been busy all day. Yeah, all weekend actually. I want to say you, yes. you looked pretty sharp yesterday for uh, the Democratic convention. Real yeah. classy, brother. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Uh, we and we got a picture, and so it looked good enough to put in there and change up the uh, the old one with just a, a hoodie, <laughs> so we looking a little more professional. So. Thanks, thanks for that. I appreciate it. it uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I'm getting a lot of people that, that seem to like it, so we're we're happy that uh, the people uh, like to see somebody that aspires to be their president actually looking like it. So, uh, thanks, David. So we appreciate that as well. We have a number of callers in the in the switchboard. Just so you know, fellas. Um, and uh, we had a little issue the last show a couple weeks ago where some callers got dropped off. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, I did talk to Blog Talk Radio about it, and they weren't really sure why either, but I'm thinking that they went through the the show uh, link and made sure that that's working again this week. So we'll we'll hopefully not lose anybody this week. Uh, I know they've had that problem on the other show from time to time that we were on, uh, a year ago, uh, and every now and then it happens. But if you, you contact them, they seem to get, to get it figured out a little bit. So, having said that, um, let's see. Uh, Jeff, uh, do you have a report for the listeners this evening that you'd like to cover? Yes, yes, I do. I want to cover uh, February being the Black History Month. And there is so much that I can report on. But given the limited time here, um, more may happen to make it short. Um, I'm one of the older folks in my area. I've been in the plant 29 years. And 2013, when the um, new hires came in, the people, second-tier people from Bistion uh, came in in the plant, yeah, a very diverse group come in. Um, we had... Real young kids, we had, there were white kids, and then there was several African-American people. And when they first got there, I seen a, a split. I seen everybody was divided. We have three meeting at break areas in my area. The older folks were in one. The younger kids were in the second one. And the African-American friends were in the third one. And what I saw, I didn't like. So I tried my best to get them all together. Now I've done that successfully. I've educated um, some of my African-American friends that I work with. Some very good history on black history. There is um, with us baby boomers who remember back in the 60s we worshipped the coral fossils. By that I mean John, Paul, George, and Ringo, naturally the Beatles. 
there was actually a fifth beetle that nobody knew about, and that was the name of Billy Preston. He was a young black man. He a hell of a keyboard player, and he often um, played for their studio recordings. One one day, Billy had wrote a song, took it to the Beatles, offered it to them, and the Beatles looked it over and said, oh, this is a good song, Billy, you take it. It was Billy's first solo in his entire life, and he made a, quite a few hits afterwards. Um, my African-American friends, I, I really hate that term, um, so I educate them on that. Um, I also educated them how Memorial Day started. And I have a photo album on our Facebook page. And uh, Memorial Day started with slave children. During one of the battles, um, these slave children dug up the Union soldiers out of a mass grave and put them in individual graves. Once they did that, they stood in formation, and the one in the front held the American flag. And that is where the um, Memorial Day started, a young children of slaves. And they didn't, my co-workers didn't believe me until they Googled it themselves. And, you know, I, I love history. I love politics. Um, it's just something I really like to do. Um, looking at here, there's a young man that was named Rob, Robert Smalls. He was born to slavery in 1839. He stole a Confederate military ship in 1861. He disguised himself as a captain, used the secret code book and hand signals to pass Confederate guard ships. He rescued more slaves and their families. He escaped to freedom. He ran for Congress and won. That's something that a lot of people don't know. Then we have Charles Baker, who invented the radiator. His invention uh, made it possible for us to enjoy heated homes and cars. Another one's not very well um, known. Detroit here was the Underground Railroad, railroad I can't talk, railroad from slavery. The, the slaves would go through the Underground Railroad, come to Detroit, and then make their way across the Detroit River into Canada. And there, if you go out in the Detroit River behind, um, I believe it is um, GM building, there's a monument which says where the fact that they were held at. Um, in Canada, years and years ago, African men, African men in Canada created hockey. I didn't know that until recently. Um, we have uh, Louis Latimer. He's the one that invented the light bulb, not Thomas Edison. And then we have Dr. C.B. Dr. C.B. is 
is not known by very many people. Um, he cured 13 pa- patients with AIDS. He cured them, okay? After 13 uh, patients, he was taken into police custody and um, died after he was taken into police custody. It's like all these other doctors who have discovered uh, cures for cancer, whatever you have. Um, very sad thing. Um, in my and there is, I agree with. Um, let's see who it is. Pastor Mark Burns, who, quote, we got to stop being African-American or Hispanic-American. We just got to start seeing ourselves as American, unquote. And I would rather, I like that. I would rather start seeing everybody call themselves American, not black, Hispanic, Jewish, you know, just raw Americans. You know, we need to stop the hate. Racism, I do not stand for it any all. One of the worst things you can tell, call me is, you can call me any name you want, but if you call me a liar, a racist, and that's going to that's gonna cause a fight <laughs> with me. I don't like being called either one of them. But um, I'm so educating our my work, co-workers at work. Um, it's, it's an honor that they put their trust in me in coming up to me and asking questions on how things should work according to the contract, the laws and everything. Um, they put their trust in me and I really appreciate that. Um, so please take time and visit our, our photo album on our Facebook page. Uh, a lot of good information there. I couldn't get all of it because there's tons more information that people really don't know and we need to educate ourselves and I I tell my young family members who are just getting out of high school not to believe everything they learn in school over history because public education the history classes they don't tell you the whole story you know they, they put Christopher Columbus as a hero well, he wasn't a hero. He was a pirate. He was a slave trader. Um, and that's what people got to learn. They got to learn to open their minds, be a free thinker, and investigate, research, learn, educate yourself. Okay? Um, so that's all I got, Leroy. Um, I wish there was more. I don't think we have enough time for one show to do all of this education of our our members. Okay, Jeff. Uh, Thank you very much for that report. Uh, I think you're going to have another shot at it next two shows, uh, if you want, because while we're in February, uh, just bringing up some of these issues are are, uh, important, I think, uh, so that people understand exactly uh, some of that. I have some comments, but I'm going to ask David first. Uh, if uh, you have any comments on Jeff's report, David? No, he covered that real good. But as he yeah, always nice. does, Jeff's a history boss. 
Yeah, just a, a link right now for him to look at. Maybe he'll want to discuss that um, uh, next week or the week after. Yeah, re- regarding Jeff as an individual, I want to say return a little kudos to Jeff. Jeff served as trustee for his local union and understands what I reported earlier in the answer to that question. And Jeff is running for treasurer of the International UAW. He understands that just like I said it, and that is the reason that he could give me kudos on what I said, because he verified what he knows himself to be absolutely correct. So he couldn't have said I had that knowledge without having the same knowledge himself. So, brother, you have a vast knowledge, and we appreciate you here on the show. Thank you, Jeff, for everything you do. Uh, And uh, you bring a lot to our team on air and off air. Um, Having said that, uh, uh, the uh, song he was talking about by Billy Preston is one of my favorites. It was intended for the white group, the Beatles, and Billy Preston uh, is a a black gentleman, and that song was named Bad to Me. Um, Yeah, Bad to Me, don't be... uh, And I won't go in and start to sing it, but I I do sing it, and I I really appreciate it. He's singing another song with Billy Preston and Sarita, uh, and that is a very lovely song. I also... uh, uh, one of my favorites, and, and I sing it as well. So, uh, the Memorial Day. I want to be clear. There were soldiers buried in a mass grave, and people went and dug them out, found out who they were, and gave them a proper burial with a with a headstone or a head head marker or marker. These were the African Americans of the time who appreciated these fallen soldiers so much and then had a parade in, in their honor. These African American people honored these Anglo white fallen soldiers from the Union Army for freeing them from slavery so much that they revered them and gave them the highest honor that you can get, and that's being buried properly. So I I want everybody that's a hater out there to remember that there's a lot of rich history where it goes back and forth between ethnicities of all kinds where people have honored and revered one another. And let's not forget that as we make our decisions to who who to hate or to love. So um regarding the Underground Railroad, I wanna I wanna say a shout out to uh uh E J uh, or I'm sorry, R J. We don't use names on our show anymore because uh we've had people get attacked. Uh, and so we just use initials. Shout out to RJ and her husband. Um, we were talking. Uh, they're from my hometown, 
Youngstown, uh, and we were talking about the neighborhood. <laughs> and I wanted to add to our conversation regarding the Underground Railroad, seeing how it come up. Uh, my grandfather was the uh, superintendent of maintenance for uh, Mill Creek Park. At the time, it was the largest city park in the nation. Now it's a county park. And they lived, because of that, lived on a little white house on the west side of Lake Glacier. But if you went down their road to the south and turned right, there was what's called a rock garden, flower, flower garden, rock garden. And that was built in 1920. And during that time when they were building it, they found a tunnel right in the middle of that rock garden. And they didn't, they didn't fill the whole tunnel. They had to seal the opening, obviously, to build a rock garden. But they sent people back. And they never found, you know, anything in it. It finally ended about a quarter mile back. Um, but it nobody knew for sure because there was no history on it. But I'm make some history on it. They they assumed at that time that that was part of the Underground Railroad because it wasn't a coal mine. There's a lot of coal mines in the area, but it was not a coal mine, so that everybody understands. That was part of the Underground Railroad, as best as anybody can figure out, and that went from the Rock Garden north uh, up to just about where the, the little white house was. It's been torn down now on uh, that little, uh, it's now a little knoll uh, where they just kind of filled it in. It's a flat spot. Uh, there was actually a road that went up at one time to the, to the upper level there behind the house, too. Uh, but that tunnel went uh, to the back just about to the back of that house, uh, but they could never find a connection between the tunnel and the house either. So that's another another little nuance so that uh, everybody knows. Uh, there's there's a lot of rich history if you just look for it, and, and our brother Jeff is really good at that. And we look forward to a couple more reports on this issue uh, of Black History Month while we're in Black History Month from Jeff so that you can get a sense for people working together in a loving way and not in a hating way. Uh, so there's a lot of good things out there. Let's focus on the, the positive if we can from time to time. Um, let me uh, go to David. has a, a report. David, are you ready to give your report? Sure, Larry, I am. Um, this week's uh, news um, for me comes out of Fremont, California, um, the former Thume uh, plant, um, now Tesla. Um, Tesla employees there have reached out to the United Automobile Workers Union um, claiming they work long hours for low pay under unsafe conditions <clears throat> and uh, sounds like they want to be represented by our union. So it's some really good news. Um, the, uh, I believe there's uh, 6,200 non-union workers at its factory in Fremont currently, so that's quite a few um, UAW members that are looking to be represented. Um, this week, um, a gentleman named Jose Moran took to a blog. I'm not sure where that blog is, um, but he uh, wrote there was that the workers at uh, Tesla higher in at seventeen dollars an hour and can reach twenty one dollars per hour. I 
don't have a timeline for how long it takes to reach the $21 per hour. Um, and they're saying that's below the national average for a U.S. auto worker of 25.58 per hour. Um, he is also saying that uh, the workers are afraid to speak up there um, for fear that uh, they will be chastised by management as not being good workers. Um, sometimes uh, employees will also join in with management. We've discussed that before when employees succumb to Stockholm Syndrome. Um, so hopefully um, the members down there will be kind to each other and uh, find solidarity for each other. Um, Elon Musk has responded um, to Joseph Moran's um, blog post, and uh, what he stated was, our understanding is that this guy was paid by the UAW to join Tesla and agitate for a union. He doesn't really work for us. He works for the UAW, Musk wrote. He added in a separate response, frankly, I find this attack to be morally outrageous. Telsa is the last car company left in California because costs are so high. The UAW killed Numai and abandoned the workers at our Fremont plant in 2010. They have no leg to stand on. Um, that was his uh, um, response. But apparently, um, Joseph Moran was an employee of uh, General Motors in the uh, um, joint venture with Numai and Toyota. So you know, he's a carryover employee that was hired uh, into Tesla. So uh, I would kind of have to believe that um, the UAW didn't hire this man to come in there and uh, work for them to uh, agitate for a union. Um, so I, I would know. Uh, have to say that uh, Musk is reaching out there a little bit. There's also um, some other issues at Tesla that took place in uh, 2015. Um, they uh, brought a guy into their plant from Slovenia for a job in America. His visa application described that he had specialized skills and said he was a supervisor headed to South Carolina for an auto plant job. Um, turns out that there wasn't any truth to that and that he ended up at Tesla and that when he arrived there, he earned the equivalent of $5 an hour to help expand the plant there. Um, then, uh, I believe it was uh, in '15. Um, Gregor Lessing is the gentleman's name that they brought over from Slovenia. Um, he fell from the top of a paint plant. Um, I believe it's three stories. He fell um, to the plant floor. And uh, he ended up with uh, two broken legs, some ribs, torn ligaments, his knee and sustained a concussion. 
Um, he filed a lawsuit um, saying workers were paid as little as $5 an hour. I don't have the results of that uh, lawsuit and why he was awarded, if anything at all. Um, so these workers are looking to be represented, and uh, hopefully they come into the UAW family. Um, the workers in there also say that they're um, suffering from speed up uh, in the workplace. And, uh, that seems to be a problem everywhere. They're just there. So, hopefully they come into the UAW if they get an opportunity to represent under teamwork with their own. That's all I have to say, Larry. Okay, thank, thank you, David. Very nice report. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to add to David's report? Comment? Uh, no, I don't. Dave did a real good job. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, you know, they have uh, speed-ups and forced overtime and accidents, and they'd like to see those things corrected with uh, an organized uh, union there at their facility. And uh, we wish them the very best, and we hope that uh, our UAW is able to send an organizing team there that can be successful at their efforts. Uh, so that's about all I have to say on that one. Uh, <clears throat> With that, uh, I'll start my own report. Uh, a couple things I want to cover. Uh, one, I was on the conference call, the GM fourth quarter conference call, and the year end, and also the year end conference call uh, for them. They're, the day they announced their their earnings, the stock fell 4.70 percent. So that was interesting. Because they reported pretty good, pretty good earnings uh, for the year, uh, 9.43 billion in 2016. Uh, they also announced that, uh, well, not in the call, but uh, simultaneously, uh, that profit sharing be maxed out. I believe that's going to be at twelve thousand dollars for every or for the active members. Um, Unlike the bonuses I, that you have to qualify for, you don't get them all the time. I believe they do. All the employees uh, get the profit sharing, so uh, that's good for the, especially for the young people that are underpaid. So uh, we wish that was folded into their wages, because over time they'd be far better off uh, in remuneration. So um, that's uh, just something that. Um, would benefit them, and they need some education regarding that uh, because, well, let's just say um, 3% of $100 is $3. But 3%, if you got that folded in, it's now 103. 3% of that is now $3.09. So, and that's just off the top of my head. I hadn't did that. Uh, so, uh, that. Uh, on paper anywhere, or a spreadsheet. So that that's uh, something that uh, we'd like to see the members understand better. Uh, regarding the uh, call itself, they plan to launch seven new launches uh, for 2017. Um, they have an imbalance of inventory, but it 
uh, averages out to about 71 days right now. Uh, that's uh, about the target. Their target is 70 days, I guess they said. Uh, the problem is that the automobile divisions are too high in inventory, substantially higher, and the truck divisions are substantially lower, and they average out at 71. Their goal in 2017 is to be at 70% for both of them, and that is to reduce shifts on the auto uh, plant uh, facilities. So you, if you haven't heard or seen reductions coming your way, you can probably expect them if you're in the automobile side and it uh and you look at your inventory and you have a lot of inventory and you individually need to take a look at that at your own facility. On the truck side, uh they're doing that as we know with forced overtime six days a week and that's in violation of just about every contract that you can imagine because it's supposed to be on plan A or plan B and neither uh, provide for forced overtime six days unless it's an emergency situation uh, for a temporary period, not the whole year. Uh, so they're really crying over over that and forcing our members to do things that are uh, pretty uh, uh, un unhealthy long-term. Uh, overtime can be very unsafe. And as we know through last I believe last week's report where they actually have now required that if they want a week off and the weekend Saturday, they have to apply for vacation for the Saturday. Uh, so six days just to get a week off. Uh, they had uh, questions later on. Uh, they, I mean, they broke this down between China and South America and Europe. Uh, you know, China's... Uh, uh, having problems over there with inflation, they uh, have a uh, uh, planned two billion equity uh, investment there, income investment. Uh, and South America is uh, basically even Europe. Uh, they reference the Brexit costs and the $370 million loss there. So GM Financial uh, made nine bill nine, uh, or they had nine billion and uh, nine hundred million profit. So they did pretty well in the GM Financial. Their uh, that's their earnings before tax. That is so. So they're doing pretty well there. Uh, market share uh, is dropping sharply. Uh, so they're uh, not. Uh, they don't care about market share, evidently. Uh, they had a number of callers that, that called in from the banks, uh, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Citibank, Deutsche Bank, uh, and Jesus, uh, five of them. They had eight total. Um, the questions uh, largely went to the uh, border tax with Mexico. Mary Barra said it's too early to discuss uh, anything or determine anything. Uh, they're working with the administration. Uh, hopefully, 
to their advantage to do that. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll just see what happens. As you know, NAFTA got signed on December 8, 1993, and GATT, little-known GATT, Global Agreement on Tax and Tariff, got signed by us. We are signatory to it in December 8, 1994. 93 and 94, one year apart exactly. Uh, and so GATT locked us in for all time, not to be revisited or sunset, to a non-competitive position regarding tax and tariff. Global agreement on tax and tariff is what GATT is. Mexico is a signature to that. So it's illegal for us to put a tax or tariff on their goods. Uh, as we discussed on the show previously, it's possible to charge them so they can't dump onto our economy products and give that money back to Mexico so that they can, you know, help to build themselves into a consumer company or country, I'm sorry. Uh, and that's just not being done. We should have done that from the start had a sliding scale, minimum wage being the, the the benchmark for that, and then reduce it over time as they raise up to our level, uh, but at least minimum wage be inputted so they don't dump these products on our economy at 35 cents an hour labor. <laughs> reminds me of somebody that working in one of the plants I worked at and and without getting into names, he said, I, I really want to go. He's given our, one of our trustees a problem. And the trustee said, hey, because I was walking out, and I always stop to talk, say hi to all those uh, elected officials and opinion leaders in the plant. And the trustee says, hey, this this guy over here is one, one to work with for General Motors Right Eye Union. I said, well, you can do that right now if you want. And, you know, we're making, you know, 19 bucks an hour. And I said, you can go down there to Makia Doors and work for 35 cents an hour for General Motors with no union anytime you want. And he just shut right up. No more no more talk about working for a corporation without a union. So it says to all of our members, when you think you don't need a union, you better think twice. Uh, but getting back to the, the financial report, the, the border tax was a problem for everybody and it it's just, uh, you know, we uh, uh, somebody in office that just about make any decision on any given day. We're not sure what he's going to do. Nobody does, not even our leaders in corporations. So um, that was a problem. They cleared up some issues on the inventory that I've already articulated here. Uh, that pretty much says it. I want to say the following in addition to their conference call. We were told the pie is only so big. Now I want to say $9.43 billion profit for a single year in this corporation. Other corporations in the auto industry are doing that or better. And we'll hear more from them later. I seems to be quite large because this money 
is after they squirreled away money in every little hole they could possibly find, every pocket, nook and cranny that would take budget money and stick it in there and say, that's budgeted for something else and not seen as profit. Somehow, we've seen that they did it when they had extraordinary profits in the past and never reported them. So the pie's pretty big. And I don't hear anybody say, we had a a white shirt day presentation by the president of our UAW over Local Union 599 that used to represent Buick members. Now there's not a Buick member around. I listened intently to his presentation, and no instance did I hear anything about clawback Where's our share? Nothing. Nothing along those lines. So, having said that, the pie is bigger than what we were told. We should have gotten more. We gave up a lot more when times were bad. Quid pro quo means, you know, if we give then, we should get back. And we haven't seen that. In fact, they just keep taking. They put language in the agreement to cut the pensions in half. You really need to read the top of working for a living. It's a pinned post. We made it back in May of May 11th of 2016. Looked for it for a while and had to uh, go well, real deep to find it. But it's pinned now at the top and stay there for a while because those naysayers that think that this isn't the case. It's in all three Detroit Three contracts. So that is uh, worth checking out. Um, uh, I do want to comment a little more on the comments on White Shirt Day. First of all, uh, I hired in the building where the sit-down strikes initiated. The second day I worked there, an old man, obviously a sit-downer, came up and shook me by the shoulder, real good and hard, my right shoulder. I can still feel his hand. And said, as we were walking out, he said, people died right here on this sidewalk so you could work here today, and don't you ever forget it. Now, that's an experience by a young young 19-year-old man that this person, as an older gentleman, has never forgotten. I looked at my buddy. I was walking out. He's lead off, and I was number two spot on the on the press line in that apartment. And that job station is about 70 feet northwest of the current placard, the Michigan Historical Placard. So if you find it and go 70 feet to the northwest, that's where my job station was. I were walking out. I looked at my buddy. What's that all about? I said, ah, I don't pay no attention. You know, he's crazy. He's an old man, obviously a sit-downer, and had done it 30-some years before, 32 years before or so. So he was ready to retire. I want to talk about the solidarity of men like him and the men and women subsequent to him, because there weren't any women that anybody knows that actually worked in the plant, although the ladies auxiliary, we thank them for everything they did to support our our brothers in that plant at the time. 
solidarity in that work facility, 78-acre complex that no longer exists. There's not a brick left. And the Pioneer Hall is now a head shop. Thank you, IUAW. A hall that serviced the original members. The solidarity is unbelievable. That man, my brother, older gentleman, took it upon himself to be the Union Awareness Committee. He didn't send me off somewhere. You're going to go for training. No, my training was right there, up close, personal, and in your face on the sidewalk. People died here so you could work here today. Solidarity was second to none. We stuck up for each other. We had a job to do just like everybody else. We did it. Somebody gets messed with, you mess with one of us, it's like messing with all of us. Things just came to a grinding stop. Today they called it work to rule. Back then we just did it. solidarity for a common goal, whether it was to improve their life, get better wages, better working conditions, be able to sign, file a grievance, and to have union representation. That's what those men rallied around, and their wives supported them, girlfriends. That's what they rallied around, a single cause that they rallied around. They had solidarity. And later on, that same solidarity passed down through the generations. If you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Somebody, if we made a mistake and we shouldn't be doing it, they, the guys would call us on it, you know, I mean, whoever. But they'd also support us. All of us, young people and older people. Later on, we'd, you know, help the younger people as they came in. Solidarity second to none. Among those men and women in Flint yesterday, Dennis Williams, the real workers, where the rubber meets the road, with men sitting behind him, Reuben Burke, Chairman Wildcatter, shop, shop committee Wildcatter, out of local 598 truck and bus, took the local out on Wildcat strike. International staff rep, regional director, Financial Secretary, Treasurer of the International UAW, sitting behind Dennis Williams, a real man. I worked with his son 20 years. I know him well. Stan Marshall, out of 599, that same local they had the event at. Regional Director, GM Vice President. Cal Rapson, Chairman of the National Bargaining Committee in 82, Regional Director, 
GM vice president. Men who came from real work, tough, in-your-face workers. Dennis Williams looked real uncomfortable around all those people. Looked real nervous. And then he talked about Trump. Let's talk about Trump for a second. Trump was the Republican frontrunner in 15 and 16. Dennis Williams did nothing, zero, to educate the members on the frontrunner that's likely going to do a great deal of damage to labor while he was the frontrunner. Did not educate anybody, saying, this man sounds like this, but in reality we know him to be this, and quote all of the building trades interactions with him. That was never done. He won by a narrow margin in the end. UAW didn't endorse until June 16. Late, during the California-New Jersey elections. We talked about it last spring. Late to the party. Dennis Williams, I'm looking you right dead in the eye right now, and I will tell you, because of your lack of educating our members as to the dangers of someone like a Donald Trump being president of the United States when he was the front runner well before he was ever elected, you, sir, have as much to do with his election as anybody. And that's why you and those like you need to go. Now you say, after being president and treasurer of the international for the last six years, one in capacity or the other, that you want to do something for Michigan. You want to take back Michigan. You don't like the Governor Snyder and you don't like Trump and you're mad. Well... You're going to turn to James Hoffa for help on seeing what we can do to take back Michigan. Well, it's nice to reach out for our, to our union brethren. I do it. But let me tell you something. Hoffa doesn't know any more about Michigan politics than you do, Brother. You want to find out how to win in Michigan? Go down there and check out Meridian Township. My township. We had trouble with elected officials. We removed them and replaced them with 60% success rate. This county voted Democratic 60%. You want to find out about how to win? Don't go to somebody that has no experience other than what he did in his own union that's now under appeal. Go to somebody that knows. 
I'm not talking about me who counseled all of that to occur. You go ask those people what they did. They did a lot of hard work, brother. That's what it takes to win. You can't sit around in Flint or Detroit and win. Reach out to successful people to find out how to win. Winners. Lost a few people on the call in the last few minutes. I hope you did not get knocked off by the the uh, the system. So we have we are long here. Usually we go an hour. So that's what I have to say to President of the UAW, Dennis Williams. Thank you for being in Flint and honoring the white shirt day and the sit-downers. The last one died last year, 99 years old. But I take exception to a few things you said and didn't say. We as a team do that. So, having said that, um, we're long. I think I'll read the uh, whole thing that uh, Brother Zuck Zuckerman wants to do. We'll do that next week, if that's okay with the team. And uh, let's uh, ask uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to add to what I just said or anything at all? No, you, you did a real good job. Mr. Williams just does not do his job properly. Um, his VPs have been caught in so many lies over the years. They just got to go. Thank you, Jeff. David, do you have anything to add or say in general about anything? Then we'll close up a little bit. Nope, you did pretty good. Um, I wish you would read the uh, Zuckerman. Um, you think we ought to read that tonight? Yeah. I got it queued up. Okay. All right. We'll we'll go a little bit long and I'll read it. Uh, All right. Uh, this is courtesy of Brother Jeff Brown, by the way. Uh, so I'm really kind of on his turf a little bit. Uh, Jeff, do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? You can read it, Leroy. Okay, because this actually is something that Jeff uh, was sent personally. So I uh, want to also clarify that. So uh, This is from Teamsters United. Teamsters United will appeal, this is, I'm reading you the text now, okay, Teamsters United will appeal the decision today by election supervisor Richard Mark to deny members a rerun. President Zuckerman vowed to continue organizing members for change. The case for a rerun is clear. Hoffa Hall used millions of dollars in members' dues to benefit their campaign and deny members a fair vote by obstructing investigators and hiding corrupt probes from the members. Teamsters United will appeal the decision made by election supervisor Mark Richard Mark to the election appeals master judge Kathleen Roberts. Members elected six Teamsters United Teamsters United candidates to be the international union vice presidents for the central and southern region regions. It's the members that elected us, and it's the members we will serve, said Central Region Vice President Tony Jones. We will be your voice. We will have your back, 
said Southern Region Vice President John Palmer. Stay involved with Teamsters United. There's no fixed timeline for a ruling from Judge Roberts, and her decision could be subject to further appeals by Hoffa Hall or Teamsters United. Teamsters United isn't waiting around. We're going on the, on the offense, Zuckerman said. Our supporters are holding organizational meetings around the country. We're stepping up, not backing down. Teamsters United won a majority of the vote from Teamsters in the U.S. and an overwhelming majority of the vote from members whose contracts and benefits are negotiated by the International Union. The members have no confidence in Hoffa Hall, and we are not going to sit on our hands and let them continue selling us out, Zuckerman said. Teamsters United will broaden our coalition and we will unite members to oppose contract givebacks, give take on corruption, and defend our health care and pensions, Zuckerman said. Teamsters United is also helping members who are running for office in local union elections. The IBT election showed that many local officers are out of touch with the members. Now they face a choice. They can stand with their members or they, can, they will find themselves replaced by new leaders who will, Zuckerman said. We are reaching out to new allies and counting on members to stay involved. We are fighting to save this union, and we are just getting started, Zuckerman said. Let me repeat that. We are reaching out to new allies and counting on members to stay involved. We are fighting to save this union. And we are just getting started, Zuckerman said. Send off of the message that you stand with Fred Zuckerman, and we're here to stay by to stay by donating Teamsters United. Uh, the Teamsters United address is Teamsters United, 315 Flatbush Avenue, number 501, Brooklyn, New York. 11217 United States. End of the quote. There's some email that's personal on this, uh, how this got sent. Uh, but that's the end of that uh, message. Again, they're asking for all who support change to send a donation to Teamsters United, 315 Flatbush Avenue. Number 501, Brooklyn, New York, 11217, United States. We'll post that uh, and make a uh, uh, .com post. Um, having said that, uh, Jeff, do you have any comments? No. Oh, she's all good. Okay, David? We do support segment. Yes. Um, um. And reiterate what uh, Jeff said, learn support. Okay, yeah, we support him, and and uh, we, we won't go any further than that because uh, we don't want anybody getting in any trouble. But we support Teamsters United and Fred Zuckerman, and we will do all we can to that end and effort. So thank you, Fred Zuckerman, for doing what you're doing with Teamsters. I'm sure that the loss of health care for the retirees at local union 1145 
if if approved, uh, that tentative agreement, the retirees will uh, lose their uh, health care. I'm sure that that has reinvigorated you and your team to even uh, stronger position against what's going on in your union. Similar things are going on here, uh, so that's that's about what we'll say. But thank you, Jeff, for allowing me to read that. Uh, I don't have anything else at this time, uh, and uh, we'll close the show. I want to thank uh, all our uh, friends around the uh, uh, the world, the uh, North America. We have Mexico and Canada that we hear from from time to time. I want to shout out to Brook Park, Flat Rock, Tonawanda, Lordstown, Flint, Pontiac, Detroit, Bedford, Indiana, Lansing, Toledo, Chicago, Kansas City, Fairfax, Kansas, St. Louis, Wentzville, Arlington, Chattanooga, Doraville, Santa Cruz, California, and everyone else that's our friend of the listeners to the show. If you found value in the show, please tell just one more person. You can find us. The easiest way to do it right now is just go to workingforaliving.com. In the top right, there are four thumbnail uh, photos. They're all linked to their respective uh, podcast, and you, any podcast that you like, whether it's Working for a li- or uh, uh, blog, blog Talk Radio, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or Player FM. You can go, and they all have us. Player FM sought us out, actually, and are running us on their uh, system now. Uh, so there's lots of podcasts uh, for whatever device you use and whatever preference you may have uh, that we've uh, uh, you know, sought and, and been sought after and we have secured, and now they're easily accessible through workingforaliving.com. Uh, we appreciate all you listeners. Uh, thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week, next Sunday, uh, and we hope you found value in our show. Thank you, Jeff and David. I'll say good night to you guys and the listeners. Good night. Good night, everyone.